Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Week in X, presented by Crushing Comics. We are here today with a very specific mission. We are going to devote this entire episode's discussion to the new number one issue out in the X-Men line, X-Core number one. It was out on the 12th of May, 2021. There were two other X-Men books out this week, Children of the Atom number three and X-Factor number nine. They will be in their own separate episode because we know we tend to run long when it actually in all three of these books on issues number one. <laughs> on X-Factor and on Children of the Atom, and we just thought together you can have too much X in one place. Of course, it comes with a spoiler warning, as all of our chats do. We're going to get deep into the details of this X-Core number one, the history of these characters, and what's going on in the X-Men line. So obviously, this is going to be a spoilers-packed discussion. To get started today, we're going to keep changing things up, and Tyler is going to ask us our question that is linked to the plots of the books. Tyler, mm. what question do you have for us today? Um, I would like to know what is your best career move or best hustling story that you have for, you know, since, since birth until now. <laughs> Scope has increased. Yes. Harry, start, let's start with you. All right. So, uh, well, to live up to my Floridian uh, oh, standards. No, uh, <laughs> no I, my, uh, my parents had a house on a public golf course, but it was a golf course. And uh, basically that was our backyard. Mm. And um, I did not have a lot of money. And my parents were not really in the business of giving me a lot of money. So uh, what I did was I found out there were a bunch of golf balls in the pond outside my house. So at the sports authority and got a golf ball retriever. I spent like a few weeks collecting them with my dad and got a bunch of used golf balls. Got a, uh, I got a carton. I flipped it over. I sharpied golf balls for sale on it. And I used to take just tons of manga and comics out with me with next to the stand with a giant bucket of golf balls and just sit there and read for hours, just selling golf balls to golfers as they came by. And I'm not going to lie. I made a lot of money doing this. There was a weekend where I made like 200 bucks, which when you're like nine is like more money than anyone's ever had in the world. And it was really great. I caught up on a lot of reading and um, I did that for a few years. I tried to get my brother to do it and split the profits, but uh he wasn't as into it, but yeah, for a little while when I still had my a pre my pre puberty uh, glow, I, I made plenty of money doing that. And you looked like you know. So how how much did you sell them for? Uh, basically, I mean, it depends on which kind of golf ball because there's different types. But basically, fifty cents. But there are some nice ones you could do like one buck to two for. Um, and mm. you know, these are Whoa. very rich old people, so what they don't care. Did like, you? I mean, that, you were taking them out of a pond though. So was there like yeah. a washing? You yeah. had to hose them oh, yeah, down yeah. and like drain I, them I and then say. sort them. So it wasn't, <laughs> yes, it wasn't just washed. like easy money. You, you had to work. No, no, no. I put them in. Yeah. You collect, yeah. I'd spend like every day after school, I'd collect them and then I'd wash them all in like this, uh, this cleaner. And then uh, I'd make sure I'd find the best kinds. And yeah, it was, it was work, but it was just like that. But then I got to just sit and read for a while mm -hmm. on weekends, which is really nice. Well, do you run yeah. the risk of like alligators? In the pond. Uh, <laughs> um, this pond this did not have alligators. Many did. This one did not. It was very small. Um, uh, I will be honest, and this might come back to haunt me. I am not personally very scared of alligators. I think that's more of like a northerner thing. Uh, gators are much more common. He just called us so. Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I just, I just, I just felt the virtual slap. Yeah. Nice. What's your story? Um. So it's. 
it's a little boring than compared to Harry's, uh, you know, ball venture. Uh, it's... <laughs> Uh, so it was mostly like you know um, like it's a genuine career thing move that I did like I was so ready to quit uh, engineering because I was just pretty much done with you know being in the manufacturing plant and doing day-to-day firefighting and all of that so I thought that I'm just not cut out to be an engineer Uh, but thankfully um, one of the recruiters actually told me you really don't want to be an engineer you want to be a planner and I'm like Oh, like you know the the what do you call it the elite in me just the way this. the way she the way she said it too is like oh <laughs> do you really want to be yeah no that's how he said it like that's how he yeah. quoted to me and now uh, the elite in me just went I don't know about that you know <laughs> so uh so then he was like well you know you should consider this other job which was more of a corporate engineering and it's more project based and stuff. So I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, no, I actually want to go travel. You know, I want to go see Peter in like, you know, in New Zealand and all that. So I don't want to like, you know, take the job. And he's like, no, 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 take the job, take the job. I mean, you should. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll take the job. So I signed the job on uh, March 8th um, and then March 15th, the world shut down. Um, and uh, I'm glad that like, that was 2020. So, and I'm glad uh, it's been a good year, two months that mm-hmm. uh, I, I got to the job. So it was in a lot of ways, like a good career move plus lucky streak because yeah, there's no the going timing to New is Zealand. Good. Yeah. There's no going to New Zealand. Not for a while. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> so that's my story. Peter, what about you? You know, this is probably not my best uh, money-making hustle. In fact, I'm probably a money-losing hustle net. Mm. But back towards the end of college, we threw this backyard birthday party for one of my friends that had all live music. We, everybody was musicians or their boyfriend or girlfriend was in a band or was in an acapella group. And it turned into this annual thing that we did. And over time, because we were doing it every year and we were, you know, I had to buy more microphones and more microphone stands and upgrade my mixer. And I kind of just became the sound guy, which is kind of funny because I was never, I mean, I part of my degrees in that, but I was never like the technical um, fixer for that kind of stuff. There are a lot of people we knew that knew more, but I just was like always willing to show up and always willing to get my gear there somehow. And over time, it actually turned into a, um, a nonprofit organization and we did a lot of fundraising and donation yeah. and stuff. And we ran our own open mic and it really became kind of the, um, the, the farm team kind of league where I developed my chops on stage and speaking in public and doing all this audio stuff. And, uh, and I never, you know, got compensated from it. I just did it to do it. And I learned a lot about organizing things with friends. And I learned a lot about, um, you know, managing personalities when you don't actually have work to define who gets to be mm-hmm. right or who gets to be in charge. And I learned a lot of technical skills. And I look at the things that I'm able to do now, whether it's all of this broadcasting that I do or the music, you know, being able to do bumper music for the show and all that, being able to mix the show. And all that came from just volunteering from that first time in the backyard to be like, yeah, I think I can mix people in your backyard. I think I, and the first time it was like through like this guitar amp that was totally blown out. And then the next year it was like one little speaker. And like every year it got progressively and progressively more uh, professional. until finally we had like a whole PA system and like a rack with a, you know, EQ and everything. So it's really was a learning process. And it, it was a sign to me of like, it's okay to say yes to things sometimes that are not profitable. Cause I know mm-hmm. we all live in this hustle culture now where we're always trying to make everything profitable and I'm not immune to that, but um, it's a sign to be like, sometimes you get very valuable things from life experiences other than just dollars. I live by that actually. There's wisdom in that. Yeah. 
yeah, I actually live by that. I think it's not it's not something I I, I can't never kind of look do anything just because of money. It never worked for me. So mm. it has to be like more satisfying. Like you know, I have to have an, like a side outlet uh, that's not for financial gain. Otherwise, I'll go just off the wall. You know, you'd become like Lex Luthor. Whereas I have discovered about myself in many iterations is I need something that my brain can operate on at like midnight when I can't go to sleep. And it's like, it's if I don't have some kind of thing to organize or songs to write or sheets to do or thing to mix, I will, I will just go insane. So it's funny because people are like, you seem awfully busy. I'm like, I'm one of those people that likes to be occupied all the time. I don't really. And so I think having a non-monetary hustle is good for that because it's a thing that's occupying you, but it's not like life or death. Like it's an outlet Mm. and it's Mm. engaging but it's not um you know about keeping your head above water and i think that's healthy for the brain i agree Agreed. for x core number one we're going to start with our initial reactions before we dig in more deeply and that's going to begin with tyler um this one is a weird one for me um it is i, I mean i don't dislike it it just did not captivate me um for you know for issue number one so um, while, you know, we are obviously meant to take um, that Krakow is offering something more than biotech to the world, um, it kind of muddled its way through the issue a little bit. So, um, I mean, one thing I appreciate is that it, um, the um, Tini Howard does not super dumb down some of the business stuff. So... Um, <laughs> You know, so 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 it doesn't it doesn't have that. Oh, I I wave my fingers and I, I mean I wave my hand and and this works kind of thing. Um, so the other thing is also I think um, Alberto's art will take some getting used to for me, especially you know with respect to some of the facial acting. Um, so I'm gonna give it like a two point seven five weird horses out of five. Okay, Harry. I love hearing your opinions, Tyler, but every once in a while you just say something I was about to say. and I'm just like, <laughs> ah, he beat me to it. I like this. I, I enjoyed this uh, more than I expected. Um, I do think the kind of business jargon and kind of the actual plot of the story was engaging for me. Uh, I thought for the most part, I really liked a lot of the voices. There was some weird stuff that I'm sure we'll get into. Um, my, my big thing is the art. Um, I think the art is pretty good i think i like the colors i like just the figures but i think the face the facial acting is really weak i think it's very static kind of like uh like dolls and you know for a book that's so (laughs) free has got it (laughs) for a book that's so (laughs) there she is for a book that's so focused on on backroom dealings and business and relationships and conversations like you want a book that can get a lot of facial and like, like emotions and, and and almost animations across. Um, And this doesn't do that, which it, 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 you know, I'm pretty go with the flow for the most part, but this was actively taking me out of the story, which was annoying because I think there's a lot to like here and there's a lot I'm still interested in. I want to see where this goes. Um, Anyway, I'm going to give it a 3.25 dead eyes out of five. (laughs) (laughs) Very hot. Um, so the thing is, the art was absolutely on point for the first two pages. Yes. Which was supposed to be yes. supposed to be boring corporate yeah. advertisement, and it <laughs> made perfectly. But then it kept on being a boring co- 
like you know corporate advertisement including the story itself and i just don't know what's the difference between this and marauders there is i i just don't know what was the purpose of this what what is it serving there is some good moments but i was still like okay so seriously there's no one there is no krakoan in united nations that can squash some of the things that is brought up over here. I mean, what is this? I mean, how much power Krakoa actually have and what are they trying to do with it? Because I don't know. It just like it just really bummed me out. I mean, even though this has two of my favorite characters like Monet and Madrox in it and then, you know, the himbo the him ever the himbo angel is there, but <laughs> I was like, okay, what is it? And then seriously, 1.2 billion Indians and there's only one mutant. Seriously, really? Marvel, do better. Like, you know, try better. And then so okay. based on that, I'll just say it's 2 out of 5. I, you know, I appreciated things that all of you appreciated about it and and had detractions you all had and I'll try not to repeat. For me, I really enjoy a story that takes exceptional people through the drudgery of bureaucracy. There's something very appealing and real to that about me, and it allows you to tell a fantastical tale that many people can appreciate. Many people have been in a boring business meeting. Many people have waited in line at the DMV. Like, it's a common experience, just like the weather, you know? And I think that with so much time to plan something really bureaucratic and and serpentine and, and something that the X-Men just can't solve with powers... I just think this fell short. Like, uh, I, I just don't think it got there. And it's, I don't understand why we had to launch this now. Like, why, why did we need this now before the gala? Why did we need it at all? Um, I, I think that I agree with Tyler. I like that the business speak had a certain veracity to it. And there are other things I liked about it too, which we'll get into, but it just really felt kind of underwhelming. Whereas like Way of X, had just as much Ugh. runway. I, I mean, not to just compare book to book, they're all different, but Wave X had just as much runway to say, like, what are we going to do about this religion thing? And it turned mm-hmm. it into so much more than religion. And this had so much runway to say, what are we going to do about this business thing? And I feel like it turned it into so much less than it could have been. So I'm, I'm a little exactly. bummed, personally. Exactly. And the thing is, like, I feel like X-Core should have come before a Way of X. Now that we have seen Way of X 1, no number one will ever be, ever satisfy, ever. <laughs> yeah. It will There's ever be good. to that. You well, know? I mean, it will I mean, never for me, be good. For me, X-Factor number one is also very, very good. Mm. So I X-Factor think number one. there's a lot of great number yeah. ones. I, I, yeah. I don't mean to hold Way of X up on this pedestal. I just yeah. think of something that took a seed because, you know, in the same way that Way of X was perhaps seeded by the Crucible issue of X-Men, mm-hmm. this you could argue is very much seeded by things like issue four of X-Men, which was a yeah. long time ago now. And so, yeah. you know, they only had two, one only had two months less well, of runway. And, and also, who knows, you and know, also Howard's the, been in the office longer than yeah. Spurrier. So, you know, I, I all these things come into my mind. Well, and also the start of X-Men uh, uh, Empire, number one. Right. Which yeah. also yes, yeah, that's definitely so. yeah. Well, the way that well, the story unfurls is such that it would be really hard to just kind of go through it page by page. So I'm going to just go through it character by character. And I think we'll mm-hmm. wind up catching everything. We'll kind of go to the most featured character to the least featured character. And so the most featured character, much to all of our delight, I'm sure, because we do, I think, all enjoy her, is Monet. Now, Monet, typically, you know, she was part of the Generation X. She, mm-hmm. you know, previously was Penance, but then got unlocked from Penance and became her own self. It's a whole thing. She was in X Factor, which Freya could enlighten us to all of her history there. But Monet is, um, 
she comes from a life of money and privilege, and she is looking for people to get it right the first time, or just try harder, Marvel Girl. And she is mm-hmm. the co-CXO, Chief Executive Officer, of X-Corps, and she really thinks it's all moving a bit too slow. She wants to launch now, she wants to get rid of their enemies now, she wants to do it all now. So she's really the driving force of this issue, and she also, as as she does all these things now, she wants to put together a board, which is just another mutant machine that she and Xavier agrees that X-Core should have. So Freya, you have a lot of experience with Monet through reading Peter David's X-Factor. What did you think of the version of Monet we get here and the things that she gets up to? I mean, it's on point for Monet. Like, you know, she's impatient. She wants to get it done and all of that. Um, And I think she was trying to also do her inner Emma Frost, trying to channel her (laughs) inner Emma Frost about assembling the team. And it felt a little short because of that. I mean, I I, I just don't know. It just feels like she was just going up to people and like, yeah, come. But it just, there was no style. There was no flair. I just felt like this was something that, I don't know. I, I don't know. The whole time I was like, I was like, oh, okay, that's it. Really? That's it. You're not going to offer anything more other than a board seat. Like what is the board <laughs> seat is even going to do? Like, you know, and why are people going to, people going to, you know, follow? I get, I get like why Madrox will come because they have the history and everything, but what's like trinary, why, why will she come, come join you? Um, so I don't know. I just kind of missed that. But one thing kind of stuck out to me. You said that she there was like a penance. There was a separate identity with her that needed to be she needed to be separated from. Yeah. That's is why there you... a single ex ladies that this doesn't happen to? No, 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 no. This is, re- this is very different. No, no, no this, this is, is very one. different. This is, I think this this is a one. good one. This is very different okay. from anything that came before. And we because need to do it... we need to do a reread for Gen X because it has Emma and it has M in it. Okay. I mean because I'm like are you serious? Like this is like the same exact thing no. that I repeat to every single ex ladies. It's okay. not. Yeah. All right, I'm going to calm down. This is very different. My, this is gonna, very, very different. I'm going to save yeah. my anger for something different. But okay. anyway. but okay, Tune that's in for good. Children of the Atom later on. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, no, I was just saying, like, I, I just felt like it just felt short. It wasn't, it didn't have the bizarres that I wanted. Harry, mm. mm. first, be- before you dig in, do you have a history with Monet at all? Like, have you read all of that Peter David X Factor or any of Generation I've- X? Yeah, I've got egg in my face here. I've read that entire X Factor run, but it has been a very long time. Oh, and same I'll be for honest, me. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember her voice as well as Fariha does. So that wasn't like ringing in my brain as much. Um, I I really like her in this and I really like Angel in this. I think them as a pair are kind of the strongest part of the issue and just where they're kind of just exemplifying just the uh, the carrot and the stick approach to all mm. their interactions. Uh, and you're right. She is kind of just being blunt and aggressive, but like it, it's very simple. It worked for me. Like I understand like her dynamic with uh, Sweet Himbo Angel and I like her powers and I, I do like her getting this team together, even though. You're, you're right for you. Like the, the interaction with Trier, it's just, it's not, I don't, it's one of those scenes that didn't land as well for me, which is just kind of more of that kind of, I don't want to come off harsh for that kind of like middle kind of ground feeling you get from a lot of Teeny Howard's books we've been reading. I, I don't think that's unfair to say. Um, but yeah, I, I think it works fairly well overall. Um, and like, I liked kind of where it went uh, by the end of the issue. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to Teeny Howard, I think, um, uh, at least for me, I feel like 
um, her books read better when you read it as an arc than I individual so. issues. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, but then just do remember that this is, you know, published on a monthly basis. So you do have to captivate readers, you know, on a, on an ongoing basis instead of just trade readers. Just so. to be nice, I do want to say I do like this issue a lot more than most of the um, Excalibur books that we've read lately. Mm. Uh, but yeah. that's just that's just me getting yeah. my uh, my good feelings out. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, for me, yeah, go ahead. I, I kind of like um, wasn't very. Um, I mean, there's there's something which was pleasantly surprised, which was the the M penance thing that that changed a little bit into a banner hawk thing, mm-hmm. and um, I mean. It it is fine. It is um um quite a good surprise, but that was like entirely not what I was expecting. So um and I don't know about her being um this um CX um no this rash person, right? Like is it because of this um, secondary mutation where she's the penance now or is it something else because i mean she has always been a little bit um aloof and you know um i'm better than everyone kind of um feel to her um over here there's a little bit of that but there's also a little bit of um of 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 this um, impatient person, which I thought maybe not quite on point, and maybe it has something to do with this uh, M penance thing that um, uh, Tini Howard is playing with here. So um, yeah, I mean, I for for now, I think um, it is an interesting beat that um, that we are seeing here right now for this. I mean, for for this character. Oh, that's how I took Monet it. Monet herself would be disappointed by this interpretation. <laughs> I took it just more, yeah, it's like kind of like a, a higher level of aggression because of that secondary mutation. And also maybe this is just kind of like one part of this dichotomy that Howard wants to have in the story. But I, I definitely kind of linked it to uh, this new porcupine monster form that she has going. Well, that's what you, it is. You know, um, <laughs> Something really interesting always to me about Monet is how much she is a reflection of Emma, which I think in some ways is true of a lot of the women from the Generation X cast. Like the way they relate to Emma is, and, and mirror Emma is some of the most interesting components of them. Uh, she's really similar to Emma in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. she also kind of pushes against that because she doesn't want to come from that motivation either. And I think one of the interesting things about her, I always describe her as she's a little bit haughty. Um, she, she, she kind of always assumes she could have done it a little bit better, but it's a little bit beneath her to try to do it. And she just wants to kind of direct you. And part of the comedy of that is that she's not usually in charge, whether that's X Factor or the 2013 X-Men run. She's kind of a backseat driver. And that's, that's mm-hmm. the fun of Monet. That, that's the whole bit, right? And so I, I do think it's interesting to now have her be in charge and see that her backseat driving is now manifesting as impatience, kind of like, okay, I'm in charge. I told you what to do. I explained it correctly. Why can't you get it right? I guess I'll just come and do it myself, which is like an awful manager, right? You know, yeah. but it's, <laughs> but I actually, the more and more I thought about the issue, I'm like, that 
that actually kind of makes sense. But, mm. you know, Tyler said the word that, that really keyed for me, which is impatient. I like the idea that, you know, penance is her Hulk form, but it's not that she's always angry. She's always impatient. And like, if she gets <laughs> too impatient, she loses the ability to finesse and she, and she becomes pe- penance, you know, which is an interesting contrast to Emma, whose diamond form is about more about being impervious and basically being able to sit back and wait, right? Emma turns the diamond and she just kind of waits for you to get all of it out. And she's like, are you done? Whether you're trying to punch her or whether you're in a mm-hmm. psychic battle with her or whatever, because she's impervious. But Monet kind of is in an opposite direction. And I enjoy that. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that we're going to do more with that. I'm going to be really annoyed if it's just like Monet Hulk and turning into penance. I think if it's really tied to like her annoyance and her impatience, yeah. then there's there's something there. And I think Teeny Howard, I always say, she's one of the best character voice writers at Marvel. And I, even if it didn't come through in this issue, I do have faith that she might have found this interesting vein of Monet to tap into, but but we're, we're, it didn't really fully come through in this issue. I relate to that whole idea of like, you know, I can do it better, but yeah. I'm just <laughs> above this. To try it's, it. it's, I, I think it's like a cool I'm just, I'm just way to... above this. <laughs> it's cool to have this dynamic of like just like a frustrated super annoyed like person trying to deal with all these like ipos and slow recruitments and business dealings and just just she just loses it halfway through and like kind of messes up like a telepath link which i think was uh, a fun little beat i, I mean, think this... that was probably the best beat in the yeah. issue for me like going yeah. back and rereading it i love that monet is um in in gaming terms she's a tank mage you know, like she can do everything. She's yeah. she's a psychic. She's strong. She's flies. She's impervious. She's smart. She's money. Um, but I like that it plays that it's also like a jack of all trades, master of none. Like there's always a chance for her to screw it up a little bit. And that I when I went back and outlined, and I'm like, this is the most delightful part of the whole issue, you know. And then she's like, she's like, she like rips the door <laughs> off the edges. And Ward's like, hello, hello, you're not coming in. It just is like a really <laughs> funny a good beat. moment. <laughs> uh, but we 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 must talk about those like that we are simply superior i mean yeah. that should be the tagline for this company <laughs> like we are simply superior that was probably the best monet thing. line that two that two plastic face is like yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect it I was know. perfect for that i was like, like you know he's like he's saying that hello and welcome to escort we are simply superior I i'm know. like <laughs> if i saw that on a tv look at <laughs> <laughs> the other way, other way, other the other way, way, other way. Sorry, other way, other way. Yeah, she is. Look at that. <laughs> if I saw that on TV, I'm like, I'm not buying this mm-hmm. share. No, I know <laughs> no that, that. That <laughs> no was thanks. actually. I mean that 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 was what you you said earlier, right? Those first right. two pages were like perfect because yes. it really was. And um, I mean, Mo- Monet also. I, had, I even heard it in that you know in the in, in that, that adverti- advertising advertising voice. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's like we are doing innovation. We are yeah. We're here this. for you, Xcore. Yes, like, exactly. and then it has that it has that like upbeat music at the end. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hey like, Johnny, you know? <laughs> we're simply superior. That kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I loved that. And that's then, not yeah. just the. I mean, th- there's also two other lines um, that Monet said in this issue, which I thought was kind of really good. I mean, one is that she she um, shot back at at Savior, saying that we do not make ourselves targets. People target us because of what we are, yes. mm-hmm. which is very true for this and which also kind of resonate with me because you know i sometimes tend to make a choice to fade into the background 
than to like stand out, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for good or for bad. And, and sometimes it works when, you know, people don't notice you. And sometimes it, um, doesn't work because people choose to target you and, the more you try to fade away, the more you get targeted because you are deemed, you know, um, um, you know, well, you're not confident and you're trying to hide and you must, you must, there must be something, there must be a reason why you're trying to hide and that kind of thing. Yeah. And then the other line that I, t- sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. No, I mean, the other line which I thought was really good is that when she, when, when Monet pitched to, uh, to, to, to Maddox, it's like, be a stakeholder instead of doing monkey work. And I thought that was really funny because yeah, Dr. Nemesis was the one who's like, who was the brain behind the drugs, right? So mm-hmm. what is, what is Maddox doing here in the production plant? It's like, oh, I lost a week of, of, of Ma- Madrox seems incredibly satisfied with himself and his work. I don't think we should <laughs> look over that. He seems to be very happy with himself, but that um, was my read. Well, let's pivot to him. We don't have to do Angel next. Let's pivot to Madrox. So, uh, Harry, no, before, you before, got, we, before oh, we move, oh, oh, no, no. I just wanted to point out one thing about, like, you know, the, that people try to target, like, you know, people make us the target yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. That the, the, To that very point is, like, a lot of the time people talk about, like, oh, in anytime there's a diverse character, in a in a story it's like oh give me a good story why do we need to t- hear about their story or something like that it's like because the reason all those issues comes up in the diverse character story because people don't let you forget that you are that diverse not different character person mm-hmm. right so that's one of the reason it does come up again and again and it, it's it's one of those things like if you stopped targeting people maybe you wouldn't have to listen to their problem all the time <laughs> think about it <laughs> uh talk Hi. to us a little bit about more about madrox he's he's happy with the company of himself he just wants to experiment and be left to his own devices uh what did you think about that i mean the idea of madrox is like the uh just the the worker bees of this kind of like establishment and also being kind of the research division all this it's such like an obvious idea that you almost i think you can almost like underestimate how good an idea it is where he's just become like this force unto himself that provides all of the manpower but also it's also like he seems very comfortable with himself he seems very into his work and my favorite thing is he's super protective of his dupes where he's just like they're not disposable these are part of me and there's a part later in the issue where he tell he tells Monet he's like yeah no they're not disposable this is me and later in the issue he's like yo what did I say like these are this is part of me like why are you doing and like it just it's this and there's like a familiarity with him and Monet obviously and there's just like it's like an interesting place for him because he's been used in so many weird ways since x factor he always like pops up somewhere and it's always like a little different than that this is a different thing i feel like he's still a little goofy but like it's so interesting and it's so different that like i i really liked it this is definitely my my third favorite um part of the book it's besides the uh sweet himbo and uh monet do you know that why monet hates the dudes I, you have to remind me. It's been a real. Oh long time. yeah, it's because you know he duped her into sleeping with her. Right. Him, oh my god. With the dupe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's why she hates the dupes. She. That's why she has no time for dupes. So. Yeah. She's like, bring me I, the original. Are you like? Yeah. You know, she's like, I'm not yeah, meeting with any of the worker bees. Bring me the queen. Exactly. So it came from that. Like, Freya, you know, I feel guilty. You remember that series so much because I loved it when oh, I no. read it for like 
three straight weeks because it's so oh, long. I, but <laughs> oh, I don't remember Morrigan, for example. I remember yeah. this <laughs> because it's the important things I remember. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Tyler, what did you think about Madrox here and his? Uh, his pivot to being science guy. I mean, it used to be kind of like yeah. each dupe had their own use, but I think that yes. that really changed a little bit, especially with Ma- uh, Matthew Rosenberg's Madrox run, where he really kind of emphasized that Madrox almost like prodigy is all of the things that he has been mm-hmm. adjacent to. So did this yeah. science Madrox work for you? I mean, it, it was a little bit, um, what do you call it? Uh, for, for me, it was, it, it was a little bit, jarring um maybe because the madrox that peter david has wrote for mm. so long is so established in my mind that yeah. sometimes even though this tracks with what you said earlier that this tracks with the um the multiple men series that came out um to you know in a way resurrect him um and so so in some ways you know, it's supposed to attract, but in some ways it still feels really jarring because that's like, oh, this doesn't sound very much like Madrox. And I think that is one of the problem um, I have with this issue as well. Though it's not a major one because I think the problem lies more with me and uh, and, and, and how I remember uh, Madrox as, as opposed to, you know, well, let's move on. <laughs> he, he's a different. He's different uh, in 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 this era now. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's also the sower for the Hellfire Gala. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's working. Yep. So I'm surprised that you said that because Madrox's origin started in a lab, being a lab assistant for Moira, and then yep. being a scientist. Yeah. So but, uh, I I. I thought that you know this kind of going back to his roots, like he's remembering his old days as a science, as a lab, like you know lab person, and then decided to go and get his doctorate. Now he's like, okay, I'm no longer the science lab assistant. I have upgraded and made a career move, um, <laughs> and then became the became the scientist and all of that. But I absolutely love, as Harry pointed out, that you know this is like a one way to kind of keep security down, making sure that no mutant gets set, settled with uh, like you know low paying jobs. But so we're just gonna use Madrox dupes. He's gonna be the bartender, the waiter, the sewer, the lab, like you know production operators. Um, all of that is just all gonna be Madrox dupes. So how like you know just slap him, get a dupe, and then well, <laughs> get him to work. He, <laughs> so he also, I absolutely like that. I mean, he also put a sinister right. He he created a dupe and then he took out his left card. He's like, okay, you you are in charge now. I'm <laughs> yeah, gonna go. Like he gives him the code. He's like, this is yours now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it's all started. Like he learned for the best. I, I I personally liked it. Um, although I was kind of hoping he talks about Layla at some point. Mm. Like you know, Layla and his child. It's like uh, they're not the real like, child. I mean, and that's that's one of the things I kept on thinking that when he she was she was saying that oh come join a board. I thought that that would be the hook to get him on the board. You know, why is it that all the ladies are being hooked by their children, but the men are just like, okay, here's a board of <laughs> space. I'm just going to go sit there. Why is that? So I was like, oh, come on, let's use that. Makes I sense. think I, I think you all highlighted it brilliantly. And the only thing that I'll say is that I'm sure for people who really love X Factor Madrox, which went on for, you know, seven years, eight, almost eight years. Yeah. Uh, in, in the second run, he was also in the original X Factor run. That, yeah. um, that this idea of like a primary Madrox who's like a little bit more put together and confident 
is jarring, but it's not necessarily not him. I, I think, um, especially with the way that he's been used in recent years to just bring him back as like comedy Madrox who, and who doesn't have a reign over his dupes, that would actually feel, I think, very repetitive and derivative. I don't necessarily think you need to go and read all the things that he was in. Some of them didn't land very well, but, um, but I'm willing, as with a lot of the other things in this book, I'm actually willing to see where this leads because I think it's an interesting thing to do with him. So and also. Oh, go ahead. Ari. Well, I was just going to say like this. It, I think like a lot of that goes with, you know, this doesn't seem to be Madrox's first day on the job doing this. Like, even if it seems like a leap for him, I, I would just assume that he's been doing this for a while. So it comes off a little more natural. Although I kind of mm-hmm. agree with Tyler that it's very hard to not see him as the, P- to, the Peter David version is kind of locked in for me of that character. Like that will always be the interpretation now. But that was about it. That, that version also had a thing for an underage kid. Who Let's yeah, move on. Maybe it's better to move away. And then, then also he sucked in his own son. Yeah, so yeah. maybe it's better okay. to move okay. out. x yeah. yeah. is fun to read, but in, but there's some really but there's some questionable stuff. In there. stuff. Yeah. yeah, so, so uh, weird questionable stuff. I'm going to open the floor now, first come, first serve, to talk about... Trinary and her role in this, because Trinary is the newest character in this club. She was introduced in X-Men Red by Tom Taylor. And, uh, she, a lot of people get a little frustrated that she was introduced to basically be the tech support character. Teeny mm-hmm. Howard seems to try to introduce a little bit more than that here in a couple of ways. One is that she introduces her basically going right back to her life of crime because she like still feels like people need to get what they deserve, which is like a, I think a nice texture to add to her. Mm-hmm. And also that, um, but then her power, which is much more seen here as kind of negotiating with computer systems, really made it seem very kind of like Doug Ramsey sage to me. And in a way, um, made her seem less different and unique to me. So I feel like I got a little bit more that I maybe didn't have before. And then I feel like I got a little bit less and I can't decide where I landed. So who has a strong opinion about Trinary? Don't all yell at once, but all yell at <laughs> once. Because she's from India. So tech support is her power. So I find her to be very... Like, I don't know, when she showed up in X-Men Red, and it, which was, like, overtly preachy, even for us here yes. in the panel, like, I was just like, oh, please, no, 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 no. And, yeah, and then she showed up here, but it seems like, to what you were saying, Peter, that it's like, there's a little bit difference to it, but at the same time, like, well, then, I guess, like, she's a backup for Ramsey. Yeah, I don't know anything about this character. I didn't read X-Men Red. And now don't. Y- y'all are really... Now that you're bringing it up, I can't unsee the issues with this character a little bit ex- in every direction. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting that she went back to kind of ripping people off or what have you. Uh, it's an interesting place to start off with the character. Um, I think the power's obviously going to play, play come in handy a lot for this team and this ecosystem of like kind of business and what have you. Um I just can't stop thinking about the tech support thing now. That's all. Yeah, it just it just it bothers me so much. I was like, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> why? Yeah. Because it's India. Like that's ah. Oh. Well, she was she was there in hotspot in Hawks too as tech support. Yeah, exactly. Because that's how the character was created. You know, the same way every time Dust shows up, I'm like, oh no. You know, I know she gotten better, no. and then with yeah. like it, with the existence of Kamala Khan and everything, it just kind of feels less yeah. like 
aggressive or less weird than it was before. Um, but yeah, so there was a one time Kamala's like, did the same Jew just t- talk to me because we have the same religion? I'm like, yeah, go girl, <laughs> tell her. Like, you know. So yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. Like, I Trinary as a character has always kind of bugged me a little bit. That's why I'm kind of into the idea that she can't, she can't stop being Robin Hood. She can't, like, she's almost, like, compelled to, to mm. throw a wrench in, in the works when she somebody, sees somebody abusing power. Because to me, that's texture that distinguishes her from Duggan Stage, that distinguishes her from just being tech support, and that mm. gives her a reason to be. I kind of like the idea of, like, is Trinary going to be a fan of all the business moves the X-Corps is making? I hope not, because that does not seem in character for her. Right. Um, I, I, the thing I don't want to see is her going down the whole, I'm so entranced by this cool technology. Uh, you know, like, le- I want to be one with the Matrix. Like, that beat has been done, <laughs> you know? So I, I kind of was really interested to in how one of the big beats for her in this issue is that she's having this in the background, like, ongoing negotiation with the viral, um, the virus and the computer. And they're like, give it money. She's like, no, I'm just going to keep talking to it. It's actually very complex. And like that to me is is actually kind of interesting that she's like, what if she's on its side? What if she actually thinks it makes some good points? Actually, those to (laughs) me are all much more interesting beats than like, I am here to resolve your connectivity issue. Uh, So I'm kind of hoping that we continue to see her go in that direction. That's maybe a little bit more gray because I think that that actually suits this team really well. Well, which is, which is, She's also very much the Kate Pride of the team. That's why she was pe- picked. Like je- literally, she yeah. was picked because oh, of that. Like, like oh, Pride. yeah, like you know, she like she can stop me. Like if I'm making weird weird choices, she will she will be the stopper. You know. And but I'm, the thing is, what is the relationship between Monet and Trinary that Trinary would be impressed enough to pick her? Well, you're. I, I don't you're know. Right. Oh, or is it because where, where is it? Is it because from Hawks Five? No. I don't think I, so. I think I think I think um, Monet is basically pitching something to Trinary, saying that. Um, I mean, the way I read it is that Monet is doing things the unconventional way, and yeah. she basically called Trinary out for trying to lie on lie to her in the face, and Tri- Trinary, for her part, basically uh, flashed that cheeky smile, say, haha, okay, I'm caught, but so what? And, and you know, so that that is the part which I kind of kept um, sort of zoning on, because um, I, I feel like Trinary has a, um, has a streak of cheekiness, has a streak of rebellious here, which mm. kind of works for Monet, because yeah. she doesn't want to be by the book. She wants yeah. someone on her side, just like Emma wants Kate on her side to do things. And all, so she also wants a number. Like act as her proxy. Like she's yeah. much like Emma has to kind of be buttoned up. And so then she has people like Callisto helping her. Like Monet's like, well, I can't really do all of the undermining things. Cause again, now I'm in charge, but I could yeah. have Trinary here who I know is going yeah. to make undermining decisions it- like I usually would. It reinforces her reckless side while Angel's just like, oh, we should do things by the book and all that. It's like a different kind of energy, which is fun. Well, speaking of the energy of everybody's favorite himbo, he's here, (laughs) he's blonde, he has wings, and that's the character (laughs) development we get for Angel on this issue. He's here. uh, He's here. (laughs) He's a bird. Uh, You know, and so Uh, he is sent as the person who should meet with the CEO of this pharma company that Xavier mm -hmm. bought and basically gutted for means of production, patents, whatever, during the ascent of of the Xavier Corporation that we get kind of hear about at the beginning of House of X, number one. 
I feel like maybe you should have sent Monet instead of Angel personally, but you sent Angel. So here's what we got. Uh, I don't, ah, uh, I, I think we can <laughs> use this as a proxy to talk about the central conflict, which you'll note we haven't talked about too much, which if I can editorialize as your monitor, it's because it's boring. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not a good conflict for the first issue. Like this CEO breeds robotic horses and he's angry that he got bought out. And so he's going to try to blackmail them. The one interesting part about it, I think, and then I'll turn it over starting with Tyler, is that he he's negotiating, but he's also using sanctions against them. So he basically gets the UN to be like, you're technically not supposed to profit off of things in the Savage Land. And that's yeah. interesting because it's kind of like saying to the X-Men, you don't have carte blanche to do all of these things that you want to do just because you're mutants and whatever. Like there are you have to exist and they exist in a society, as one <laughs> might say. And there's Get still out. rules. That I liked. But the whole conversation with him as Angel and the constant cutaways to the in robotic horses i that was my my nader in this issue that is where i was really ready right. to rage yeah. quit and it, it slowly ticked back up so this is my this is my little i'm turning into monet or penance i'm turning into penance and tyler's gonna go first to see if i'm gonna fully transform or if we're gonna talk me down well um this character first appears in hawks number one he's, he's on one tour, of the right? ambassador yeah. yeah he's one of the ambassador yeah. Yeah. and he's um i think I, I can't remember if it's mentioned in the in the dialogue or it is in the director's card where he is being called the French ambassador. Yeah. So my assumption was that he was the French ambassador to Israel at that time because they were in Jerusalem. And um and somehow I mean and at that at that point I do remember that um uh one of the cuckoos says that, oh well. You know he he's a real ambassador, but he he basically bought his way into the ambassadorhood. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, so so that kind of tracks with what he's doing here. So basically, he is just trying to play um, politics. You know, with with Krakoa, with Angel here, thinking that he has the upper hand, thinking that there is some way to force them to renegotiate the terms, which you know in which they came uh, to before that. Um, but I agree with you. I don't understand the whole uh, horse thing. Um, I, I don't know what they're doing. So it's like weird horses like with like fire uh, mane and, and things like that. It was all just for the analogy of like, it's a race. Yes. I'm like, okay, it's they're like cool. Pages. No, no, the horses are cool. That's they're what's not. cool about them. <laughs> they're, they're rich, people, tell you why. They're rich people at a horse race. That's what, There's no subtext. They're just doing what rich people do. It's just and text. they look crazy because it's a cool <laughs> it's comic. Text. It just tags. There's yeah, no there's subtext. no subtext. It's just tags. No, it's just horses. <laughs> they look great. <laughs> but the, the 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 one thing that I um the one one thing that sort of caught um caught caught my eye. I mean, or or you know, when I was reading it, it was like, oh, he said something that oh, Krakoa has brought a factor of infinity to this race. So mm-hmm. does he know about the resurrection? Well, yeah, it's I took kind that... of unclear how much they're aware of that in the outside yeah, I... world. I was wondering if that was just like a flourish. Yeah, for like a flourish, like talking about like the long lifespans and curing like, uh, you know, mental disease and what have you. But Mm -hmm. it it did seem it could go either way. So I I wondered what it could be. Uh, I already said my thoughts on everybody's favorite himbo. 
Uh, I think the horses are good. Um, I'm going to just stay on that. No, I mean, I, I do like that, like this scene. I agree. It's not the most like riveting. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the way this guy's drawn, it's just different enough from the Hawks Pox like version of him. Yes. So like I was a little thrown off. He's got better hair yeah. in this book, but like, yeah. um, and he has colored the, glasses, you know, the frame. Yeah. Is yeah. He's he more looks, flamboyant. A little yeah. Bit he's got a thing yeah. going on. Um, but like, I, I did like that, you know, in Hawks Pox, it's like, we're gonna, you know, we're going to get our way with yeah. business. And then this book is like, hey, just so you know, like we do, there are like wrinkles and laws that might make this a more precarious and like intriguing situation. Um, But it doesn't really fully get the whole way. Um, And I do think the art's better in this. I was wondering if someone could like kind of eliminate that. I feel like the, it's just, it's just looks better. Well, I mean, before we pass the ball to Feria, um, I would like to say that. This actually makes me um the this scene between the two characters. I think the color works because they are trying to play angel in white, and you know mm-hmm. this uh John Pierre in 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 dark colors, kind of like devil. So it's kind of like playing that that visual game here. That you know, oh, this is the good guy, the angel guy, the angelic guy, and this is like the bad, the devil. And, so. and his face, uh, uh, the Cole, the ambassador, like he's his face has so much more personality than any other character in this book. It's like, did the artist change? Like, I was so confused. I do think uh, Angel looks great. Like, just the his design and the way his wings kind of expand and kind of like descend and what have you. I think it really is pretty dynamic considering it's a guy in a suit. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I am like, but the face is all overall are kind of a problem. So you know, good and bad. Yeah. Freya. Freya. So I was just saying that as soon as the Brazil showed up and then it's a business book and there is a Brazilian businessman in X-Men and I was like, whoa, they're going to bring Sunspot in. And then he's going to be the one who will be like, yeah, no, you planning all of this? Well, guess what? We knew it ahead of time and we're going to stop the explosion and it's going to be fine. But they didn't stop the explosion. So they kind of really played into their hand, even though the news didn't pick up. It mm-hmm. actually happened. And the thing is like the constant, my constant irritation of no representative in United Nations. This is the second time they got sanctioned. This is the second time they got sanctioned by United Nations. First was in Marauders and now he like now. But do you, do you think got- that they have a choice? It's not like everybody just gets to be on the security <laughs> council or whatever. Do you think the United there are people, there are countries who are not member states of the United Nations. Do you think no, but, Krakoa but is allowed in the United Nations? But that's what I'm saying. Why aren't we talking about it? Like, the, the, why is that not a plot point? Like, what like, is yeah, what is that? Yeah, what is why is not that not a plot point? That's what I'm saying. Why is there they're going all like huffity puffity all over here? No, no. But then where is like an actual power play? They well, don't have anyone to do the power play. to be empty though, right? We saw yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm saying. But that's so, what I'm saying. But that's precisely my point. Why is that seat empty? Right. They, yeah. The I, way they are. No, no, no. The way they are now. They should be on top of this all the time. That's yeah, what they were trying to say, yeah. show. That that's what they're trying to show. That, hey, we are on top of some of these things. No, but I they're agree. not. They're just yeah. like huffity-puffity and they, they just do the, all the showboatmanship. But it's like, uh, you're not getting anything out of it. Like, you know. And why is it that's so easy for an important plant like that to be blown? Where's your man, Peter? Like, where's Rasputin? He's in Savage Land. What is he doing? Why is he not providing security? He's not in he the produ- he's not he's not need. he's not in the production. He's oh, like but that farming. doesn't matter. But 
but that's this what I'm saying. He's I all right, all right, painting. All right. Why can't he just paint, paint in front of it and like, hey, Bob, I'm Bob, Bob. Step back, please. Um, but, yeah, exactly. But, but I think, I think, I think that the, the thing with this is that this is supposedly a ransomware, and for some reason, it could actually triggers an explosion. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe it doesn't make sense, but it, this part didn't really bug me too much, and yeah. And I, I mean, is it, and is I'm, a book I'm, a book that is set in Brazil about business? No, no, no. But but it's not. And about it's not. in Brazil recently because he yes. was in Brazil in Iron Fist: Heart of the Dragon. I have, no, but I it's have not. So, pro- I have become a hardened X Men fan who have this kind of thoughts. <laughs> I want to hear what Is it supposed to be a Brazilian businessman? That's what I'm no, saying. No, no, no. He's, he's not. He's not. He's French, yeah, but he's so he chose in Brazil. Brazil. He chose Brazil because he thinks that there is no nearby gates. Well, yeah. also, if we remember back to our map of international relationships with Krakoa, I believe Brazil was one of the countries that, at the beginning, was maybe not accepting drugs from Krakoa. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd have to go way back to a data page that but, I've long but since that's, forgotten. That's, but, yeah. So the thing is that the whole time I was thinking, and maybe because this is me just overthinking things, the whole time I was like, you know, Sunspot will show up any moment and was like, yeah, no, Ooh, I got, I took care of it. So <laughs> yeah, he was there on page two. Yeah, like, what happened I did not think that was supposed no. to be Sunspot. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Was, he was. I thought he was Sunspot. Spot and Forge, isn't it? I w- I, I am very not- disappointed if that was Sunspot. I, um, I mean, I do want to say no, on a I serious. Thought, yeah. I thought I thought it was Sunspot because it's an advertisement, so he's showing different. I thought yeah. that that's why I thought it was Sunspot. All right, well, I got I got to call time on this because we're you know we go <laughs> long on first issues uh, yeah. routinely because they're double length. Uh, my my parting shot on Angel is you got to have a plan. Okay, you know, Remender yeah. did amazing work with him and Uncanny X-Force. Then Aaron kind of reduced him to this blank slate. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then he was kind of being used as a weapon as Archangel and Bun's Uncanny. All good beats, but they kind of proved that to do anything with Warren now, you can't just have him be wallpaper. You kind of got to yeah. decide what's going on. And he makes a little bit of a reference here to like, oh, yeah, I could get angry too. And if you carefully note the art, his wings go from more feather-like at the beginning of that adventure yep. to more metallic by the end yep. of that adventure. So again, I, I think my on this uh, is that there's a lot of hints of really interesting things get, that could happen but as a first issue plot Horse Guy blows up the Savage Land base to me just didn't it just wasn't enough for an issue one I, so I'm, I I go forward to issue two with, with an open mind and fully rooting for this series to absolutely knock it out of the park I just don't think this number one was it Yep. And also, it went I'm, from a mini to a f- ongoing. That gives we'll, me we'll see. We'll see. Clearly, because we didn't mm. love it in this issue, I am curious going forward how they're going to make business conversations look visually interesting. Because the cuts to the horses was not doing it clearly. So I'm curious, like how <laughs> else you'll show down there, Harry. <laughs> show me pie charts. Show me bar <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I, I am. Like, me- for Tom Mueller to like get into and do some like yeah, actual design actually, good on the point. page. Yeah. yeah. All right. Show uh, me, like, that's what we are here for. Peter and I are all about Excel things. I <laughs> don't have anything else to say about horses the rest of the show. I promise everyone listening. Don't worry. We're good. We're just going to send Emma down there. She knows how to take care of horses. Okay. <laughs> that is the end of our discussion of X Core number one. If you're looking for Wait, are we, are we not talking about the flying futures? Flying it was cool. HQ? That's cool. <laughs> they are great. X Men have a helicarrier now. They're mean. Yeah, that's Who cares? It's a it's a Crowley carrier. Uh, <laughs> yes. Sorry, except I for just, the gala. 
I mean, here's my thing. If you re- do you really, because I'm gonna I'm gonna penance out here if you get me talking about it. Okay. So you want to be escort the whole. F- focuses on their launch or whatever and their launch is that they're launching a helicopter who cares what's in the Marvel, point shield has had a thousand of them and then on Marvel top of that to be like oh ours teleports to gate why we have magic we have lila cheney that's not cool teeny howard it's not cool at all it's actually so so cool with the k-e-w-l that it's actually stupid <laughs> The the whole Sweet. thing, I was actually, I was mostly hulking out because of the fact that in Marvel Universe, who is impressed by Halle Carriers? They're not impressed by Halle Carriers. They have a Hulk. And also, like, They're not me, impressed by any of this. Show me why it matters. Like, why does mm. the average member of the public care that these X-Men that they probably heard in the news have their own island and maybe somebody who knows somebody that they know, you know, got one of the drugs to heal them. Why do they care that this ultra-rich, secluded cast of, um, class of people now have a flying fortress? Like, make it make it matter to me. And I just, I think that complete. if I was engaged at well, all with their PR play from the opening scene, the whole, like, flying helicarrier and also a teleports thing just totally got rid of any of my goodwill. And even, like, taking a step back from, like, me who hates things, I was like, wouldn't that erode goodwill that the yeah. public has about you? Yeah. It just seemed like really incongruous to what I this think, book is seeming. I'm sorry, think, I'm this, I'm hyped yeah, now. Tyler, I know I because you. because I think I think there was a hint that was dropped right in the beginning of the issue or somewhere in the in the issue that says that um the X core is actually advertising a resource that regrows itself. So in some ways, I think it's supposed to meant to be tied to the biotechnology and how they can fly and things like that. I'm not sure, but I'm just thinking like, you know, there. It's also possible it's to impress rich people and scare I do do agree with you guys with what you just said, because I I don't think um, a floating, um, you know, uh, no is going to be. I do. Yeah. I think that's cool as hell. It's a flying Harry, fortress. Because, because, you, because cool, you don't live, <laughs> you like don't live because you Look, don't live I'm in Marvel made of stone. Universe. No, but, because but, you don't but live in Marvel Universe. still be kind of into it. A no, flying there, fortress. There is, also, there is also another thing <laughs> no. that um that God. they sort of hinted at that we saw in Koda is that, that they have an HQ in New York. So I don't yeah. know what that looks like right now. I have a theory, but... I mean, maybe that it's a team no, again. We're not. We're not I have a theory. <laughs> okay, that is it for our discussion about X Corp number one. I promise. If you are looking for discussions of other books out this week in the X Men line, look elsewhere on the channel because we're going to cover them all. Uh, until, uh, well, I, I don't know. Free, why do we do this again? I'm starting to forget right now. <laughs> because X Men is better when it's read together. Whether they have That's an imp- right. unimpressive heli carrier or not, it's still better. <laughs> this is it different just, it just goes to show you man some of these books that you feel real neutral g- getting you full nooch before you get online to talk about them sometimes becomes the most ridiculous conversation and sometimes books that we all loved it's totally flatline so you never know what you're gonna get and that's why you got to get together and talk about x-men on behalf of myself freya harry and tyler thank you so much for being part of that discussion of x core number one and until we get to see you and talk to you again i hope that you are well bye Bye.